Welcome to the Money Maven Project Podcast. If you're here to learn how to obtain freedom over your time and money through real estate investing, you're in the right place. Create the life you want by living with intention and becoming a maven in mindset, money, and real estate. Now, here's your host, Justin Monk. Hey, this is Justin with the Money Maven Project. I am stoked for today's episode. Uh, we've got Chad Carson on here, the author of Retire Early with Real Estate, uh, which is a phenomenal book. This is such a fitting uh, 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 platform, I guess, or, or conversation to have today. Um, and I'll just, I'll just turn it to you, Chad, man. Who are you? And, and, and then start with your story. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on, Justin. This is great. Um, just a little background about me. I live in Clemson, South Carolina, so it's kind of halfway in between Atlanta and Charlotte, right on the edge of the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains. So lots of green waterfalls and hiking trails, pretty cool place. And we, uh, I've been investing in real estate for about 18 years now. And right when I graduated from college, actually, at Clemson University, I jumped into it thinking it would be a temporary thing, and it turned into a permanent thing where I, I said, this is pretty cool, not working for anybody else and having at least a little bit of control over my day and my schedule and my time. And so I started flipping houses with a business partner and that grew into something where eventually we started owning rental properties. And that's more what we do now. We have a portfolio of rental properties, but it's I've pretty much been an entrepreneur my whole, my adult life. And I love it. I love the freedom, the flexibility, the, uh, the challenge of it. I'm a sports guy. I always love playing sports. And so to me, real estate investing, entrepreneurship, you know, the mindset that you talk a lot about of, of, of athletics and sports is very applicable to being an entrepreneur. And I love, I love that personal challenge side of it as well. Yeah, no, that's, that's perfect. So, so what, what kind of got you, so you've always kind of had the entrepreneurship mindset, but what, when did you realize, or when did you see the opportunity in real estate and in flipping houses and, and renting houses? I was fortunate that I had example in my family. My dad did, did rental properties starting when I was in middle school, I think sixth grade. And so my mom had a good job as a, her own practice as a dentist. So she made good income. And then my dad had, had, it was a CPA by trade, but decided he was kind of entrepreneurial as well and didn't want to work for anybody else. So he started investing in real estate. So my mom would make income. He kind of build the long-term wealth. And so I got to see that just by, you know, just by observing early on, I was really fortunate with that. And he actually used to take me out to properties. He would buy a foreclosure when I was in fifth and sixth grade. And he would drop me and my brother off and say, all right, here's a, this, this house that had just junk and trash everywhere. And he's like, Hey guys, clean up this, this kitchen with this nasty refrigerator. I'll be back in three hours. Yeah. Here, here were, you know, kind of spoiled little kids, I guess. They're like, man, this is horrible. Like, who would buy a, who would buy a house with, uh, you know, all this junk in it and it's nasty and it smells. And we just kind of hated real estate at that time, but because yeah. all our friends were out hanging out and playing and doing stuff. But uh, it was really a good lesson to, to start with that level of some of the dirty work of real estate. Yeah. And then once I was in college, I, I didn't think I wanted to do that. I was a biology major and pre-med, and, but I decided that the allure of having control of your schedule and that freedom and flexibility was really the, the, the moment for me where I said, I just don't really, I don't want to go into grad school and do all these, it felt like going in a box for me. And this, the freedom of it was interesting and the challenge of it again, like I said earlier. Yeah. Where did you see the freedom? Was that in your dad and his schedule or did you have other examples that you kind of saw, Hey, that, that looks more like what I want to do rather than this nine to five thing. Yeah, I think my dad, he's a really good example for me because he, 
you know, it was always challenging because he was always busy and doing stuff, but I, I never remember a sporting event that I had that he was not at. He was my coach. He was there. He showed up. He was present. You know, nobody's perfect. Like I'm not perfect either, but as a parent, uh, to me, that was the big lesson. It's like, can you be present? And I know so many friends and lots of people out there who are parents who want to be present. I can't think of many people who don't want to be involved with their kids' lives. But the reality of money is that money makes us work. We gotta, you gotta go in that grind. You gotta get in that that rabbit that rat wheel that we talk about. And I think he <clears throat> he demonstrated to me that if you can have some extent of control over your schedule, even before you reach financial independence, being an entrepreneur, you work hard, but you also set your own rules, you set your own schedule. And I, I love that idea. And some of the things that uh, allured me early on were not being a parent yet. I was, I love travel. I love going abroad. Uh, eventually met my wife who's also loves travel. So we, we did backpacking trips to South America. We took big uh, road trips out West in the United States. Uh, once we had kids, we lived in Ecuador for 17 months and were able to uh, allow them to learn Spanish when they're three and five years old. So th these kind of lifestyle uh, benefits are, are really, I think the initial allure where I was like, this is, this is what it's all about. I don't want to wait until I'm 60, 70, 80 years old to experience these things. I want to do this early in my life. And I think real estate investing, entrepreneurship is one of the best methods to do that. Yeah. So that, those are some great examples. T tell us more about, tell us more about that freedom. Like, so for the listeners that are like, yeah, I've heard about this retire early thing um, through real estate. I've heard about, you know, being financially independent, but, but is it real? Like t tell us more about the freedoms that you enjoy and, and that, and that you've seen others that have achieved financial independence enjoy. Um, and, 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 Help us all know that it's real and it is achievable. Yeah, that's a good question. I think one of the biggest pushbacks I get when I talk about my book, Retire Early with Real Estate, right? I hear a lot of people who hear about the financial independence, retire early movement in general say, well, I don't want to retire. Like, why would I want to retire? And that's a pretty common theme. I mean, so, there are people who are like, I'm so exhausted. I just want to go sit on a beach for a month and just mm -hmm. chill out. And that's, I think they're just exhausted. But I think the, the idea of freedom for me is, is sort of like if you think about when you're a kid in high school and you're growing, you're kind of on that threshold of being an adult or maybe even younger when you're a kid who's, you know, people ask, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you know that feeling of like excitement and curiosity of like, I could be anything. Like I could, you know, the, the sky's the limit on what I could do and what I could be. I think as we get to be adults, that kind of gets crushed. <laughs> we, we, our dreams get focused and necessarily, you know, life's practical. You gotta, you gotta like yeah. put food on the table. Yeah. But I, I see financial independence is that opening, a reopening of that childhood curiosity and that wonder and that opportunity and the, the sky's the limit. Like, what do you want to do when you grow up? And that's, it's been a, it's been a lot of fun to explore that. And it's really, it's, it's also been fun as a kind of a type A entrepreneur who goes and gets stuff to not have an agenda all the time, to not have yeah. a plan. I think that's helpful for us. And it's, it's, it's led me to different things. Like I'm, I, I read different books all the time. I'm, I'm interested in, uh, for example, travel is something we did a lot of, but more now my focus has been uh, in my local community. How can I give back? How can I contribute? How can I use my entrepreneurial skills? And I found four or five years ago that a lot of my little community of Clemson, we're, we're very auto centric. We don't have any, we're only seven square miles. So relatively small town. It's a cool college town, but then you can't bike or walk anywhere. Mm -hmm. And if I was pushing my stroller from my house to the local park, I get almost run over by big trucks. And I was like, why, you know, why is this? Why do we have all these amazing amenities, but you can't get anywhere. And yeah. I started peeling the layers back and this has nothing to do with real estate. It has nothing to do with making money. 
But as I peel the layers back, it's like the connectivity of my town just stinks. It's horrible. And so how can we, and my entrepreneur instinct is, how do we fix this? How do we, what can yeah. we do? Is anybody working on this? And uh, nobody's really working on it. There were some professors and students who had created some plans called the Green Crescent Trail. Mm-hmm. And just a couple entre- entrepreneurs and I, we got together at coffee shops and said, how can we do this? And we ran with the idea, formed a nonprofit, got the county and the cities to uh, put in some money for a study. And now we've just this last year got allocation of money from the city to the work of biking and walking trails. A long way to go, but that's just one example. And there's other yeah. kind of con- contribution examples that I, I think everybody has their own passions and contributions that they really want to give to the world. And a lot of those are just kind of lying dormant. And for me is you get to be a kid again and decide what are my talents? What can I contribute? And it continues your whole life. That's a good analogy. Be a kid again. Um, and, and I, in part of your platform, I guess, talks about, you know, being able to focus on what matters whether that's what matters to you, what matters to, you know, the world, you know, whatever you feel like is most important. And I think there's a lot of people that have those desires or have certain goals that are pushed aside because they're focused on the nine to five and just having to survive and, and, and put food on the table and take care of family or whatever. And so by not having freedom of time and money, those things are sacrificed often. And, and I believe that to succeed, there are certain things that you have to sacrifice, but man, let's sacrifice the right things to get us to the right place rather than just sacrificing what we're passionate about. And I feel like there's a lot of people that go into certain careers um, because that's where they know they're going to be able to earn a steady income and and they may push a, push away dreams of like, whatever, traveling the world and being a photographer for National Geographic or, you know, being a rodeo queen. Like, I don't know what it is that that's <laughs> your thing, but I, I, my, I cringe a little bit every time I hear somebody say, you know, well, I want to do that, or I'm passionate about this. I like to do this, but I don't because of time and money. And, and that's just, that's what I'd love to, to help people get around and, and avoid. Yeah. And I think exactly right on what you're saying, the time and the money get in the way. And something I've realized with myself, a third thing gets in the way is that once we go down this path of, you know, a certain identity with a career, a certain momentum with a career, the mental obstacles of getting out of that rut are really difficult. And this is like kind of a first world problem. You know, it's like, you know, get your food taken care of, get the roof over your head, get some reserves and some savings. But once you start getting those basics taken care of and you start building some wealth, even I have so many, I know so many people who have built enough wealth, they have plenty of wealth, but they they keep on getting on that. Well, next year I'll, I'll kind of get out of the career. Next year I'll make this big change. And it gets so difficult the longer you wait to get out of that mental rut to be a kid again. Like it's, it's scary. It's difficult. Hey, I'm a doctor. Hey, I'm a nurse. Hey, I'm an engineer. Like your identity is wrapped up in that. And for better or worse, you know, those are noble professions. That's great. Yeah. And maybe you, you keep your engineering uh, degree, maybe you, or your license. Maybe you are still a doctor here and there. But I, I have found one of the best exercises for me, this is a personal growth exercise, was actually going on these mini retirements where I force myself to get outside of my, my identity as an entrepreneur, as a real estate investor, and just press pause, just stop. And like I went in 2009, right in the middle of the Great Recession, where things were kind of tough real estate-wise, and we weren't exactly at financial independence, but we had some good, a good foundation. And my wife and I, pre-kids, took off to Spain and South America, 
and just press pause for four or five months, four and a half months. And we, you know, just in that was, it was difficult for me. It took me like six weeks to finally let go. Like, man, yeah. it was like, it was like a knot in my chest, just finally let go of that need to do the next thing and then do the next thing and always achieve. And I think I've learned a lot in Latin America about, um, I think they're really good at appreciating the moment and being present and enjoying family, enjoying relationships. And uh, so Spain and Latin America have, have been really helpful for me as a type A American to yeah. Yeah, let go a little bit. Like there's a balance here. You got to put, you got to achieve, you got to do things. But at the same time, you only live once. You know, if you, you die tomorrow, are you going to take all that achievement with you? Like, Probably, you know, you get, you got to have relationships and you got to have connections and you got to pay attention to your health. Um, there's, there's a, there's never, you're never perfectly balanced, but that's been a challenge and a, a fun thing to try to play around with. Like where, where is that happy medium for me and for, for anybody else? It's always different for everybody, but that's part of that stepping away, almost like a retreat from your life can help you reevaluate that pattern you're in, you know, already in. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing that I've been, um, uh, trying to figure out in my own mind, right? I'm I, I'm not yet at financial independence, and, and, and so I've still got a, I've still got a nine to five that I'm working full time, and the the project here and real estate it's it's a side thing for me right now, but hopefully that one day will switch. Um, but one thing that I'm off, often wondering, like, what is the, you know, what is that balance between, um, you know hustling towards your goals, but also taking that time. And how do you, how do you not feel guilty or like you're sacrificing progress towards your goals when you take that time? Cause I believe more than anything that taking that time and living life is the most important in a lot of regards, but how do you do that without feeling slightly like you've put everything on, you know, you're sacrificing time that you could be progressing towards your goals. Like how do you wrap your head around that and, and feel okay about it? I guess. Well, first of all, I'm still working on it. <laughs> so, uh, I'm with you, man. Um, but I guess maybe we can talk strategy just what I am working on. Yeah, I, almost, I, I think the best frame or, or mindset shift for me has been cycles. So you're, you can think about it like your day, your week, your year, maybe a, your five years, like you go in these cycles and like, on a, let's just talk about a day-to-day -day basis. I have a hard time on a day, you know, all right, I'm done. You know, let's close shop, close the door in my office, go be with my kids, go do other stuff. Like I have a hard time with that. I'm trying to be more disciplined with it. But I know when I look at my day as in cycles, I go through the work cycle, I go through the deep work, which is quiet focus work. I go through the sales calls and the follow-ups and the email day part of my cycle if I can get in that rhythm and that day then you also have the family time and you have the exercise time and I really like the ritual and the cycle and you know not everybody has schedules and is, is into that but you know this that rhythm of a schedule is really nice for me on a day-to-day and week-to-week basis and yeah. I think that works for your career too I, I don't think any of us can go for 20 years straight and be this like maniac robot of a person who's doing that I think we we naturally have these energy cycles and these interest cycles and for me, it's been, you know, four, five, six years has been kind of a nice place to, to look at. And, and that, that, those are good. So you, you get a financial independence goal, you get a savings goal, you get a real estate acquisitions goal, mm -hmm. you hit it hard for like two or three years. And then, but always in the back of your mind, be thinking about don't tie myself to a 10 year, 15 year cycle that I can't get out of. Try to, all, you know, and that, that's, that's actually caused me to avoid certain types of real estate investing, certain yeah. cycles where I have other people who depend on me continuing to go and continuing to go. Um, it's made me make choices. And that's, you know, that, that's a, that's part of the process. It's not just making the most money. It's making the most money 
while also having some control over my life and some flexibility over those cycles so that you can take those many retirements so that you can shift. And, you know, maybe it's just this business isn't working anymore. And you're like, eject, I got to get out of this thing. Yeah. You back yourself in a corner. You can't get out of those cycles and do, do something different. Yeah. Give us an example, if you can, uh, of, of, of real estate strategy that might not be very conducive to those, those shorter term cycles and being able to have that freedom of time. Yeah, for me, it's been one of the distinction, the big forks in the road, there's two forks in the road. One was having a bunch of employees. So mm -hmm. I had, I took a, early on, we started buying a lot of properties, 2005 and six, and I actually hired my brother, my business partner, we hired his brother, we had some other people who were kind of deal finders for us. And we found ourselves like reinvesting a lot of the profit of our business and paying for salaries or just paying for people's overhead. And you know, that's, that's, that's business, right? That's how yeah. a lot of businesses reinvest our money. But I realized like real estate, you have a choice in your, your business and real estate and other businesses too. You can be this business that just makes as much money and you work as hard as you can. And yes, you use leverage of other people's time and systems and all that, but you do that with a end cycle in mind. So I'm not going to have this business for the next, this acquisitions business that I had for the next 10, 15 years. I'm just going to ramp it up and work like crazy for three or four years and then I'm going to turn it off. Mm -hmm. and, and so that, that is more conducive to having contractors using people who are not full-time employees, not having an office, not having a presence. So that was, that was one example of just how you structure your business. On the other hand, our rental business was going to be forever. Like we're going to always have these rental business. So can we have a, maybe one key bookkeeper administrator who can help us do that? And, but she also works remotely and we build all of our systems so that we don't have an office and overhead, or can we hire a third party manager to manage a lot of that? And so yeah. we, we were thinking about the structure of the business, the overhead of the business, the financial ability to withstand ups and downs of the business by having reserves and things like that. And all of that matters to your lifestyle. And, and but you yeah. got to work it backwards. You got to work it backwards and say, what do I want my life to look like? And then that's, that's question number one. Question number two is what kind of real estate business will actually give me that life? And I, I've, I've found that I've actually written some articles on bigger pockets to get like my most engagement ever where I say, hey, that big, huge real estate empire that you're building is not actually the ticket to the most freedom and flexibility that you're looking for. Like I, I, I got a kid with Grant Cardone. I don't know him or, but I say, you know, you, could, you can 10X and you can go, go big or you can do the opposite and go small and go as small as possible because that's actually going to, the, the, the smallest you can be and still achieve your goals is gonna give you the most flexibility and the most simplicity so that you can actually have some lifestyle and some less stress and things like that. Yeah, yeah, that's super, that's a super important conversation I think and because I, I, I'm sure there's a lot of people that as they approach real estate to be their path to uh, financial independence, financial freedom, uh, they start seeing some success in in real estate, making money and they're, they're progressing. And I bet that can be very easily uh, consume you or not consume you, but just kind of take over. And all of a sudden, like you, like, Hey, I woke, you wake up and Hey, guess what? I got another nine to five. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. just in real estate now. And I'm still putting almost as much time. I'm still handling stuff outside of, you know, weekends and, or on the weekends after hours. So I think being very strategic and smart about, like you said, working backwards, what's the life I want? And what kind of a business, what size of business, what structure of business is going to afford me that life? And it all depends on your goal. If, if you want to be Grant Cardone with whatever he's at now, 8,000 units and, exactly. and a private jet, 
that's exact Cardone is exactly where he wants to be in his sure. life. And that's totally fine with, 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 with that. But if that's not where you want to be, if it's a different type of lifestyle where you want to be able to go to uh, South America for a year and a half and learn that and experience that in life, then it's a, it's gotta be a different structure. And so I think that's super smart. What are some other steps that as somebody that's just hearing this for the first time, they're just coming onto the idea of this retire early financial independence through real estate. What are the first steps that they need to uh, focus on? And you may, you probably lay this out very nicely in the book as I, as, as I know, but let's go through it for those that haven't read it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, a lot of that is, it's kind of like a fundamentals. If you play sports, like you play basketball, which I love playing pickup basketball, there, there's dribbling, there's passing, there's conditioning, there's shooting. Like you can't get away from the fundamentals of basketball. And just like that with financial independence or, or your personal finances, you can't get away from the fundamentals. Like the, it doesn't matter whether you invest in real estate, invest in stocks, start a business. There are certain fundamentals. And what I found when I, I actually interviewed dozens and dozens of people who, who, who were on the path to early retirement or who had achieved early retirement, the common theme with all of those was they were saving a lot of money. And so that's one of the fundamentals like that. If you, if you had to put your, your coaching on how do I help somebody achieve financial independence? Hey, you've got to save a lot of money. Now let's talk about that. How do you save a lot of money? Well, there's two variables, how much money, how much income you make and how much, how many expenses you have. This is really simple. So part number one, make as much money as you can. Part number two, have as big a gap between the money you make and the, and the expenses you have. So there's different paths to get there. So some people make $500,000 a year and spend 300,000 a year. They live it, they live high on the hog, but they make, they save 200,000 a year. And so they yeah. still do well. The more common path, I, my, when I interviewed everybody, the more common path was most people spend, maybe they need about 50, 60, $70,000 a year in expenses. So let's call that 5,000 a month. So if you want to save uh, money. If you want to save five thousand a month as well, maybe you got to make twice that. Maybe you got to learn. You got to build up to where you make a hundred thousand a year, one hundred twenty thousand a year. And I know that's a tall order for some people. If you're making, mm -hmm. you know, you you just got out and you're teaching English, which is a great profession. You know, you're making thirty, forty thousand bucks a year. You might be thinking, well, that's nice, you know, to make a hundred thousand bucks a year. So you might need to keep your expenses lower to start off. Maybe you need to do house hacking so you can eliminate your biggest expense with housing. And, and live for free. Maybe you need to get a side hustle, start a side business. Maybe if you have a spouse or a partner and they can also work and you combine your incomes. So the, you know, the fundamentals don't change. It's kind of like the law of gravity, but how your personal situation applies to building up your income and reducing your expenses is going to be personal to you, but you can't avoid it. That's, it has to happen if you want to build enough wealth to eventually live off the income or the wealth uh, that you've built in that period of time. Yeah, I like that. That's a very good place to start. Um, so, so take a looking at taking a look at your lifestyle, figuring out ways to reduce your expenses if possible, right? Maybe I'm sure there's always ways. Um, and some people may live on fifty. Some people it might be that number might be a hundred k. But then figuring out to, how to increase your income through side hustles, through real estate, whatever it is. Um, and then that gap obviously is what we can start saving. And, and are you, when you say save that, are, are we putting that away for that retirement to live on as a retirement or are we taking that savings and is that what we're throwing into real estate? Yeah. So that's a good question. I mean, there, there's two different routes there. I mean, the traditional way is just put it as much as you can first and foremost into a retirement account. So a 401k, uh, IRA, 
even like an HSA kind of health savings account or something. I mean, those are, that's tax optimized. So that's going to reduce your expenses mm-hmm. and that's going to be a great way to do it. So you can't go wrong doing it that way. The, the challenge of that or the downside, if there is one, is that if you're going to retire early, if you're trying to retire at 35 years old, if you're 25, um, you're not going to be able to access that easily or without penalty until you're 59 and a half. Yeah. And so the, the, the ideal for me, if you had enough money, it would be to do both to put yeah. as much, you know, if you have a match at work or something, that's really good, a good deal, you know, get, contribute up to the match, put your money away in a 401k, do something super simple for me. That's like index funds, low cost index funds. Um, and then whatever's remaining. So hopefully you still have some other savings. Then you save that for a down payment on real estate. Maybe you can do a, your first rental property, a house hack, mm-hmm. things like that. And if you could kind of work those in parallel, that'd be great. Um, although I've had years, especially early on, where I didn't make my full contributions in my retirement account because I had some goals personally with real estate. Yeah. And that was also tax optimized. Real estate has some pretty good tax benefits yeah. as well. Yeah. So it's, you know, there, there's arguments both ways. But I think, it, again, it goes back to your personal situation. If you're happy just waiting 20, 30 years to retire, um, I think all of us should be thinking about our 60s and 70s and how we're going to do. So I think retirement accounts critical. But for those of us who are trying to achieve something five or 10 years, which I talk a lot about in the book, then you also have to retire, save outside of your retirement account. If you actually want to have some income outside of your retirement account, yeah. it'll pay for your lifestyle. So, and when you talk about retire early financial independence, we're talking about having define that for us. I mean, is that just having enough passive income that you now don't have to work at a nine to five or just that your expenses are now covered with passive income? Like give us a, a good definition there. Yeah, the, the, the basic definition is your wealth pays for your lifestyle. So you don't have to go work to pay for your lifestyle. So whatever that yeah. number is, 50 grand, 100 grand a year, your lifestyle costs a certain amount. So financial independence really simply understood is you have enough wealth, you have assets that are able to pay for, pay for that. And let's just give a real estate example. The one I love to give, just nice and simple. Uh, let's say you had 10 houses that you eventually, you know, you bought, if you have zero houses now, you're gonna have to build up to that, but you own 10 houses or 10 units, duplexes, something. And those properties each rent for 1200 bucks per month, let's say. And let's say that after you pay all of your expenses, not including your mortgage, so your taxes, insurance, management, maintenance, capital expenses, all those things that it takes to manage a rental or to run a rental property, you have 600 bucks left over. So you got 600 left over and let's assume that someday you pay off all your mortgages just to keep this example simple. So you have 10 houses times 600 bucks per month. So simple. I like to keep my math 10 times 600 is $6,000 per month. So you have $6,000 a month coming in and and times seven, I mean times 12, that's what $72,000 per year. So somebody could have a, very, a pretty simple portfolio of 10 rental properties and it would take some work and there's some strategies to get those things paid off, but you'd make $72,000 per year from these 10 rental properties and you could outsource the management to a management company. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the idea that you eventually get to something like that or maybe something before that. Like what if you do want to do, you know, five rental properties or three rental properties, just having a couple thousand dollars per month that's coming in that might give you the freedom and the flexibility to leave one job that is not as exciting for you and then go to another job that is more your passion. So yeah. there's, a lot, there's a lot of steps in between like semi-retirement and many retirements. Yeah. The whole point here is there's a continuum of every step you take, you're taking back control of the money, time, you know, relationship that's so important. 
And every step you take, you're taking back some of that flexibility, that freedom for yourself, yeah. instead of always giving that control to the people who write your paycheck. Yeah. No, that's perfect. That's a great definition of it. So what are, what are some of the very common uh, mindsets or mis, uh, maybe incorrect mindsets or misconceptions about how to retire early um, that, that impede people from trying it? Like what, what are people afraid of? I think going back to that, what are you going to do when you grow up thing? I think a lot of people before they even get started, they're like, I'm happy with my job. Why would I want to do this? And it takes a little bit of imagination to look forward and say, you know what? I might not enjoy my job. Even if I love my profession, I might not enjoy my professions the way I have to work my profession two or three years from now. Mm -hmm. And so it takes some imagination to look forward and say, you know what? Even though I like my profession, maybe it makes sense to take control of this, this money time equation so that I have leverage so that I, uh, the, I, 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 the, there's a, uh, article by Jim Collins who wrote the, the simple path to wealth and it's called F U money. <laughs> like it's, he always yeah. said from the time he was like 17 or 16, he always wanted to have F U money. Like the boss says, I want you to go and transfer to the West coast and do this. He'd be like, F you, I'm not going to go there. I'm going yeah. yeah. to go where I want to go. Like, it, and it's amazing what will happen when you have just a little bit, like just a little bit of, of capital so that you can say, no, 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 this is how I, I will do it. And yeah. you can say it nicely, but like my wife is one example. We were 2009, that many retirement we were gonna go on. She's a Spanish professor, worked at a community college at that point. And we were gonna, we, our ideal would be that we were gonna leave for four to six months. And then when she got back, she still have her job. Mm -hmm. Well, she was nervous. She's like, man, they're never going to do that. Like, they, you know, everybody, nobody has, everybody has to work and do what they say. I said, just ask them, you know, go yeah. in and talk to your supervisor. So she, she finally got the courage up. She wrote her little script and she talked to her supervisor and she said, we're going to be leaving for four months. I'm not asking you to pay me this fall. All I'm asking is that you still give me health insurance and we'll pay for it. And then you let me have my job when I get back. And the, t the supervisor, after some like, wow, you're going, you're leaving, you don't need mm -hmm. any money. How are you going to pay for your expenses? And yeah. Questions, but they were like, yeah, we'd love to have you back. You know, we'd really miss you if you left. And that was it. <laughs> and they said yes. And so that's one example that when you have the ability to, to do things financially and not get paid, you can negotiate the ridiculous. You can negotiate things that other people think aren't possible. Maybe that's part-time work. Maybe that's remote work. Maybe that's, I want to have my, lose, I want to get my job back after a year when I take a sabbatical. Yeah. There's all sorts of options out there, but again, imagination people until you start thinking about those possibilities about what, what you want to do when you grow up, what would be different, what would be ideal. You, that, that's the, that's the misconception a lot of people have. They never even get started working at it because they don't think it's worth it. They think things yeah. are, they're kind of comfortable where they are, but comfort is not as good as living living an ideal life, living yeah. with meaning and with purpose. And there's a big difference there. And I think that gap is where, where we try to push people to, right? Try, don't yeah. just be comfortable, like actually push your life a little bit, do, do yeah. something different. Yeah, live the life that you want, live the life that you want to design. That's, that's a great example of what the freedom can get you or when you get your finances right and you're set up for that re early retirement, financial independence, where now you've got choices where without that, sometimes you, you don't, you can't make that choice. There's no way to do those certain, those kinds of things. And, uh, and I, there's a great example. Um, uh, uh, I just had another podcast with uh, Tim Kelly, who was making the decision to step out of the military, uh, 
at 15 years instead of 20, 20, that's when you get all the, you know, the retirement and stuff, but 15, you don't. And, but he's like, well, I can do that. And now start my family. We, me and my wife can start having kids. And like, that's a, that's a decision that he would not been, have been able to make without passive income and, and income through real estate, which is, again, that's just, that's the freedom we're talking about. It's not like just freedom to sit on the beach for, you know, three months. Like that's not exact. I mean, that could be part of it, but the freedom we're talking about here is the freedom to make the decisions that are, 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 are align with the life you want to live and the, the life you want to design that that's the freedom that we're ultimately talking about. Exactly. You can define it for yourself. Don't let a, de the, a traditional definition of retirement limit you by doing this, right? It's the, the idea is, I think if we could say like financial independence, freedom, you know, you something like flexibility, do whatever you want, you know, yeah. something instead of retirement, I think that would, that would help. And it, I think I need to do a better job on my own blog and podcast of just sharing my time. Like I'm not just sitting around doing nothing either. Like it's been like before it was 60 hours a week working, doing this. Now it's 60 hours a week doing this, but part of like a big chunk of that's not paid. Like it's not, I'm not doing this because I want to make money on it. And some of it is like I have a coach Carson business that's yeah. starting to make some money, but there's nonprofits that don't make money. There's parenting that doesn't make money. It's the, 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 the choice, the, the impulse that makes you decide to do something is less and less about money. And that is a amazing feeling. It really is. It's, it's, it's that, you know, control over your life, that flexibility that um, I don't think, I think people get used to not having that. And it's, it was, it's been the best feeling of moving towards financial independence is having that choice. Yeah, that's perfect. So what, what's one of the, biggest things that separate so people that achieve this real estate or excuse me this uh this this freedom this financial independence or or just achieve their goals in general whatever they may be what is the one thing that separates them from achieving separates those that achieve it and those that that struggle and give up yeah i think the first thing we talked about the vision and just the ability to see a possibility that's different than today like i think that's number one but we've, we've talked about that I think the second thing is very mundane. It's very, it goes back to today and this moment. How, how self-disciplined are you at doing the things that you have to do to move forward? Because I got to tell you, like the things you got to do, this is like uh, playing sports again. Like it's not sexy. Like when I used to play football, like the things that, you know, the, the 11 games we played per year, the regular season games, that was just like the icing on the cake. Like the, the real thing we did was at two in the afternoon on August day in Clemson, South Carolina with 90% humidity at hundred degrees, I was out there running and training mm -hmm. and sweating and it was painful and it was not that fun. Um, like if, that, if you're not ready to do that, that kind of equivalent thing in real estate. If you're not willing to make uncomfortable calls to people to ask them to loan you money, if you're not willing to get rejected 10 times making offers on properties because that, that's uncomfortable and you don't wanna get rejected, like there's a lot of uncomfortable things you're gonna to have to do. You're gonna to have to do them consistently. And I think that gets lost a lot of times. We, we sugarcoat the process and the, de the details of what you gotta do. And I think anything worthwhile is going to have that, that discomfort. I think it's almost like it's the uh, cost of admission to do something good or something that's worthwhile is that, is that. And so I don't know, there's a mindset that goes in uh, that when I used to play sports of almost like psyching yourself into doing things that are uncomfortable Yeah. of, of like, I love this. Like, wait a minute. I don't just, this isn't painful. Like yeah. I, enjoy, I enjoy this. And yeah. it's, it's, a, it's kind of a psych out. It's kind of a weird um, shift that you make, but somehow, some way, I, uh, that's why I think, following something that you're passionate about is important. It's not, 
it's not that you're going to love every moment of doing bookkeeping or having to go yeah. deal with maintenance and contractors. But if you love the, the, the process of learning and getting better and doing that, you're more likely to stick to that uncomfortable stuff to get to the parts where it's really great. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good clarification because there's a lot of uh, gurus out there or whatever social media uh, identities that, that'll talk to you about, you know, don't, do focus on what you're passionate about, do what you're passionate about and you'll never work a day in your life and don't waste time on stuff that you're not passionate about. And I've always, I've always questioned that a little bit because I'm like, I can do, if I only focus on what I'm passionate about and I want to get it somewhere and I want to accomplish a goal with it, there's still going to be stuff that I don't want to do on certain days. Some days may be easier than others, but there's going to be certain days that I'm just like, I don't want to do this today. And it's hard and it's, you know, it's, it's the low thrill and, and I don't know that there's any path to success that doesn't go through that doorway every once in a while where there's something that, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to update the, the books, you know, for my real estate business. I don't want to do that. And obviously eventually you can, you can assign, you can delegate that out to VAs and there, there's a process, but initially there's going to be stuff that you don't want to do. And I think everybody's looking for a path where it's only the stuff I'm passionate about, only the stuff that, you know, is easy. And I just don't think that path exists, unfortunately. No, no. Yeah. I mean, and I don't know why that is. It's, maybe it's another law of the universe, right? But it's like, it is, it's, you got to get over that hump. You really do. And, and so I, it's, that's the, it's fun to kind of compare those two. You got to have passion about the future and your vision and what you're going to accomplish. And you just got to love the grind, man. You just got to, you got to get into it. You got to, you got to like it and you got to be willing to do it for years and if you're willing, if you combine those two things, like just this, like this crazy focus on the details and the grind with a like magnificent, like vision focus, this is where I'm going. I'm passionate about it. Like that's the recipe like that. That to me is, I don't care if you're an athlete. I don't care if you're a parent, if you're a entrepreneur like that, the, the, the nitty gritty with, the, with the, uh, the big picture vision combined, like being in the weeds and taking a moonshot. That's, that's the recipe. Yeah. And I think what, as you start to obtain some financial independence, now you can balance that a little bit better where you can hit, you can hustle and you can grind for whatever, two months or two weeks or whatever it is, and just do all the stuff regardless of whether you like it or not. And then you can pull back and say, all right, now we're, you know, I've, you know, we're, we're going on a 30 day camping trip with my family in an RV, like whatever it is that you want, because you have that, those, that ability to make those choices. And so now you can start balancing the, the hard work and the, and the hustle and even, and the stuff that you don't want to do with, with breaks from that and, and yeah. cycles. I think you kind of mentioned that, like, I'm going to focus on this for 30 days until this project is done. And now it's set up. So now that I can assign it out to a VA or whatever it is, and then I'm going to take 30 days and that you can't do that in, in, in a normal nine to five. You've got to be able to have the flexibility that, that some financial independence provides you. And, and so, <clears throat> And I don't think that anybody truly, at least none of the people that I follow, truly obtain financial freedom and then just sit around. They're, they're, still, they're, still, they're still hustling. They still have huge goals. They start to give back in, in different ways. And, and ultimately, they now do what matters most to them. And, and that's, that's where I think truly living comes into play. No doubt about it. And if, you, if, it, if it's okay, I want to give an example of what you yeah. just talked about with the real estate. Like I used to do, like every week, I was the guy going out and talking to sellers like every day. I was making offers every day. I was taking calls on direct marketing every day. 
I also had a period of time where I was the one who was taking calls from every, every tenant when we're trying to lease a property. Like every time yeah. like, I'd get hundreds of calls a day. I mean, my ear was burning because I was just talking to tenants and tenants and, you know, just people who were, because they had units for rent and we had a lot of stuff going on. Like that was, that was one of those things I just did, you know, I, I don't, yeah. and I, I got good at it. I learned to enjoy it. I learned to build systems, but I don't want to do that anymore. I just got to, it's not something I, when I got, you know, as I've achieved more financial independence, I hired a company to do that. I've done it before. I know how to outsource it. I know how to talk to them about it. If I needed to, it's really nice to know that I could step back into that role and do it. Yeah. If things got really bad and I know I could go out and buy more properties and I could acquire and I could do any kind of sales funnel if I needed to, but that's not my, um, try to, how do I describe that? That's not my like zone of genius. That's not yeah. where I'm really my best. I'm pretty good at that, Yeah. but my, I'm, I'm a teacher. Like I really enjoy teaching. So more my schedule now is I spend 75%, 80% of my time learning, reading, creating uh, content, teaching other people, sharing with other people like that, that, that really gets me, at least for this, this phase of my life. I love that. That's, and so the evolution has been, I'm still working, but the things that were not as enjoyable to me that I still did because I had to, as a grind that stuff I can pay other people to do because there's money coming yeah. in now. Yeah. And now I can go do these other things that I'm, I've decided, I've thought, I've reflected about that I really enjoy, that I'm really passionate about. And that's, everybody's going to have their own path. You're not going to, you might not be creating podcasts or doing what I'm doing. You might be doing something as a teacher. You might be creating a nonprofit. You might be traveling more, but that's the, that's the path. That's the, yeah. exactly what you just said. You don't have to do that forever, but you might need to be prepared just in case to jump back in if you have to. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, what, this is probably a tough question because it's probably so dependent, but um, if somebody was just starting a day, um, what would you tell them to expect as far as a timeline to financial independence? I mean, I guess it depends on what they're, what, what expenses they're trying to cover. Maybe they've got wife and four kids in the house that they've got to take care of. Like, but I mean, is there kind of an is there kind of a normal timeline that it takes? I mean, I doubt that anybody can pull it off in three months. I'm sure that it takes probably I don't know maybe it's, maybe it's a couple of years at the minimum. I don't know if somebody's looking for a so they have hope that it's going to happen and and how long is it going to take and how long do I have to tough it out? What, what would you kind of tell somebody on that? No, I, mean, I can give people ranges on that. The it it definitely does depend. Like you, know, you always want to qualify it because if you're if you're some you never know where people are coming from. Like yeah. I know there, there's people who their entire life have been digging out of a hole because their family had financial issues because they had challenges growing up because there's just obstacles in their way, whether that's like personal or societal. I mean, there's just a lot of things going on out there. And so I didn't have the same starting point, like in a race that somebody else did. We all started at like yeah. different starting points. So just like everybody, like give yourself some grace on that because the, the pace you get there depends on a lot of other things. But if you go back to the fundamentals that I talked about, that savings rate, uh, there's a really interesting article that I read a long time ago by Mr. Money Mustache, who's a mm -hmm. website um, about financial independence, that he, he quantified basically the amount of time it takes you to get to early retirement and your savings rate. And there's actually a relationship between those two. So like if you have a 70% savings rate and you're willing to live on what your expenses are right now that you're spending right now, um, the higher your savings rate, the faster you'll get there to the point that it was like, maybe four or five years, if you're saving like, if you're saving 100% of your money, I mean, that's not possible. If you're saving 99% of your money and you only needed 1% to live on, you'd get there right away, you know, yeah. be very, very fast. Right. But more, re more reasonable is that, you know, if somebody makes 100,000 a year, they save 50,000 a year, they're saving 50% of their money. 
I forget the exact timeline, but that's more like a 10, 12 year kind mm -hmm. of time frame. Yeah. And so I think for most people, the fat, the, the really fast ones where people have started a business, they're making a ton of money, they're saving a bunch of money, they're just really hardcore about it. You know, four or five years is, is possible. And real estate, yeah. I think is possible because you can build a lot of income with leverage as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, but I, I've seen, I think it's reasonable, you know, 10, 15 years is, is, is definitely doable. And I, I tell people like, look at the society wide. like there's, there's a crisis of people only having like, you know, 10,000 bucks or a hundred thousand bucks when they reach retirement age. And here we are talking about you're 30, 40, 45, 50 years old in 15 years from now, you could actually like hang it up. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. And if you, if you really pushed it and there's some strategies I talk about in the book, for example, that you could push it harder and maybe get seven years, five years and, but whatever's comfortable for you. I, I'm, I'm more like into the 15, 20 years and then take a bunch of mini retirements and, mm -hmm. you know, kind of progressively, it's almost like you're hiking a mountain and like I could get up to the peak like in five years, but why don't yeah. I take a break at this little valley and kind of cool off and swim in the river a little bit and get my you know, sleep there for a little while and then take another hike and then take another break. And um, it's, you can go at your own pace, but to give yeah. people hope, I mean, it's reasonable. You could, if you really work your hard and you work the systems and you save money, um, five years, 10 years, 15 years is, is possible. Man, that's a really good, uh, that's a really good point of view. I, I think that a lot of people need to hear that. Um, I even catch myself some, some days I am just frantic, like frantically trying to figure out how to obtain financial freedom and, and, and hustling the real estate deals and, and tr just trying to almost go faster than it's even possible. And uh, so the way you put that was, was perfect. Like, I guess it's probably not so much how long it takes you, but hopefully the quality of the journey in getting there and, and that you've stopped and smelled the rose, but the roses along the way and, and, or, or whatever it is along the way. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. um, so I like the idea of those mini retirements and just having that flexibility um, to, to, to take those and, and to, to, again, just, build the life that you want and have the experiences that you want. So, so how do you, so somebody like me, apparently, uh, how do you tell somebody just to chill out and just be patient with the process and with yourself and, and that? Well, it helped me to marry somebody who was like, Chad, chill out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. That's perfect. Yeah. yeah. So, so I mean, if you're not married, like, you know, get some friends who could tell you, Hey, chill out, man. Come yeah. On. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, like, but really, like, I respect the hustle, man. I, I love it. You know, the hustle is great. Like, so you know, pat yourself on the back for that and compliment. You know, we're, we're all out there hustling. Um, it, this is a difficult thing. Like, I'm, I'm the one who was the type A, and it took me six weeks going to Spain to finally like relax, you know, and chill out, man. Um, so we we all have strengths. We all have weaknesses. This is like that yin and yang, right? Like, if you're a super hustler, goal person who's good at achieving goals, you probably can't sit there and relax. Like, yeah, there, there's people who can sit there and relax for their whole lives and never have an ambition. <laughs> they never do anything. So, mm -hmm. um, my my goal is just to try to get better. And and but I, you you kind of have to hack your own psychology. You, know? you got to work. In, and for me, hacking my psychology was these many retirements. I, I had to physically leave my, <laughs> my, my path, my goals and get out. And I was resistant to it inside. Like when I first left, I'm like, man, I could be doing more deals. I'm leaving things behind. It was 2009 when we did our first one. And I was like, you know, I, there's tons of deals out there. This is like the best time to be buying real estate ever. But then I had to think about it. It's like, this is my life. This is my relationship with my, my wife. This is my personal growth. This is my health. Uh, like those things are important. And 
you go back to the mountain climbing analogy, like you could push it to the peak of the mountain and get there as fast as you can, but you could also die tomorrow and fall in a crevasse. And so um, let's find a balance there. Let's, let's, yeah. climb toward, let's climb towards the mountain, but let's find some things, some activities, some pace, pace yourself in a way that allows you to also enjoy it. And I, I, I think personally, that's the best of both worlds. That's the best of the ambitious hustle, fire, let's get to our goals. And then the, the objection we always get from people is saying, hey man, why would you save money for 15, 20 years and then live your life in 20 years? It's like, no, no, we're doing both. We're, we're enjoying our life along the way and we're hustling towards a worthwhile goal. And that's, that's a nice, happy medium. Yeah, no, that's perfect. I guess that's a, that's a perfect mindset around that. Um, so uh, one question I always like to ask our guests is um, what, so what is your why? And, and I'm, it's probably changed a little bit since 18 years ago when you started to now, but give us a sense of what, what your why is and what's currently driving you. Yeah, actually, I did an exercise a few years ago. I do a lot of journaling in the morning and um, I don't know how I came up with it or I probably borrowed it from somebody, but I just had this little mantra basically that was kind of like a personal mission statement almost. And I think it describes sort of where my why is and where it's going. But it was the first part is be my best. The second part is make a difference. And the third part's enjoy every day. So be my best, make a difference, enjoy every day. And for me, at least that kind of hits the high points. Like I'm a, I'm a personal growth junkie. Um, I think sports for me was that was always get better, grow, challenge yourself. Um, I'm really into the stoic kind of philosophy as well, where just arte, like be your best, live with virtue, whatever virtue means for you. Like, you know, try to close that gap between what your ideal uh, self is and what you're doing. And you're never going to close it completely, but like, why not make that a goal? Be your best. The second part of that, make a difference. Like if you were just like this uh, narcissistic self-improvement person your whole life and you never used this, this strength that you're building for yourself, like why would you do that? Like we're here to contribute to other people, whether that's the people in our family, whether it's people in our community, um, other people who didn't have the same opportunities you did, like just being humble enough to know that, man, I had a lot of foundations that were built for me before I even got here to get me to where I am in the objective place where I am right now. I need to give back. I need to contribute. I need to clear the way for other people to, to get to the same place I have. And let's do that. Like what, what's the, what are those obstacles for me? Like I'm, I'm learning a lot about that right now. I'm, you know, I'm just really humbled by a lot of the stuff going on in society and the changes that are happening. But you know, for, in particular, I think about the fact that I have a lot of knowledge about housing and I've been studying a lot of the just systemic kind of challenges people of color have had. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm in the South, you know, you see, virtually ghettos where people because of laws and because systemic issues and things that people don't talk about caused people to not have opportunities to build wealth with real estate, which is one of the main ways people build wealth yeah. happened for, for decades and centuries. And so I, that's, a, that's a total aside, but those are the kinds of things that I'm, I'm thinking about, like, how can I use my wealth, my knowledge, my entrepreneur skills? Um, I don't know how that's going to be, but right now yeah. it's a platform. I have a platform, I have a podcast, I'm a thinker, so I'm trying to share and learn kind of out loud about that. Yeah. And then enjoy every day. That's the, <laughs> that's the harder one for me, you know? Um, you know, you're here. You might not be here tomorrow. So, you know, enjoy this meal. Enjoy this time with your kids. Enjoy this podcast that we're having, this conversation we're having. Um, live life and enjoy it. Don't let, you know, yourself have this regret tomorrow when you're on, on your deathbed or 50 years from now where you're like, man, I was always living for the future and I never just savored that that moment um that's that's a, a challenge as well 
Yeah, no, I love that. That's a perfect answer for it. And a valuable, I think that journaling and just asking yourself those questions and nailing these things down can make your, the decisions that you make on a daily basis. And also um, when you have rough days, being able to revisit your why and your goals, um, it, it can get you through those rough moments and help you keep, keep on the path. So that's powerful. And uh, another question I, I always ask, and you've mentioned, you've already kind of alluded to some of this, but what are some of the ways that you are giving back? And obviously you're doing some, some study there on those neighborhoods and things like that, but what's, what are some other examples of how you're giving back? Um, well, I mentioned there's a nonprofit that I, I, I helped start and that's the, that's specifically related to alternative transportation. So mm -hmm. helping people have easier ability to walk and bike get to public transit in town. So just building that network, that's something that I'm really passionate about. The, the other is my, um, this Coach Carson business I have. I sell courses and I have a book that I've sold. Um, it, it wasn't, when I first started, it was a hobby, but it's becoming a business and I'm turning it into something that makes a profit. But I've also been intrigued by the idea, can I turn this into a social business where I make money for myself and my family because I think that's all, that, that incentive is important, but also I want to give away that money. And so we're going to give away half the profits starting last year in 2019. So half the profits we make in Coach Carson as this business grows and as it does better and as more people buy stuff from me, um, I'm going to, my wife and I started what's called a charitable trust um, I think that's the name of it uh, at Vanguard. So we basically were that 50% we're donating. Sometimes we'll donate it that year, but we'll also just build up money. And as we see projects and things that my wife and I together think are important and maybe my kids as they get involved in it too, um, I want to set some goals on giving the money away. So I don't have the back of my mind. I have this goal like, Hey, could I be, could I eventually give away a million bucks? I don't yeah. know. You know, it seems way out there, but it's kind of exciting. It's like, wow. Yeah. Let's, you know, let's, let's, yeah, I, used, I was kind of thinking like, well, let's not make any more money. Let's just travel. Let's do things. But then I thought, you know, wait a minute. I, I'm good at making money. Why don't I make more money, but give a bunch of it away? Yeah. Because I've got, I've got enough. Like I'm, I'm doing fine. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's something that's kind of got me excited. I'm new. I'm a kind of a rookie in that area of charitable contributions. But um, I would love to figure out how I can use my time, my skills, and then the, the money that we accumulate and make to give that back to re recycle that money to, to move it back to things that maybe don't have as high a return on investment from a traditional standpoint, but that every dollar you spend there has a, an enormous return on society and contribution yeah. and things that are underinvested. And there's plenty of them. <laughs> we all probably could think of some yeah. where more money would really make a difference. And sometimes it's um, housing, sometimes it's arts, sometimes it's science, sometimes there's things that just don't, that are not getting enough funds. And that's that's something i'm excited to learn more about yeah that's a great man that's a great that's a great effort as a great uh cause for sure um i think that's impressive uh and i and, and i think i say this on almost every podcast episode but it's 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 impressive to me um what can be done with with money i mean everything takes money and a lot of the great causes out there take funding of some kind and and it would it's always intriguing me to think about what the world will be like if everybody or there was more money to be given into into these causes and to help the, the the world in general, so I think this movement of retire early, financial independence, get wealthy through real estate or whatever the means is, it needs to be about well, how do we just raise everybody up by having more money, more wealth to distribute across other causes and and efforts, and not relying on government and other things to to do that for us. So I think. If everybody 
obtains financial freedom, freedom of time and money, the world as a whole becomes better. I just, I think there's, there's power in that. And uh, so ultimately that's kind of the, I think that should be all of us. All of us should have that as the ultimate destination of, of our efforts here, you know, being the best we can be <clears throat> creating the most value we can and then redistributing that value or that wealth in different causes across the world that can have an impact. So yeah, it's exciting. Awesome. No doubt. No doubt. And the time is the other resource. I mean, I think we, we discount our time that if you're an entrepreneur who's been able to achieve financial independence by the time you're 40 or 50, imagine how much skill and time and effort you have in addition to your money, that, that, that time is, the, is those resources that we are freeing up um, from somebody, I mean, banking and finance is great. Like I'm not, I'm not discounting those professions, but we got plenty of those people. Like we got plenty of people in, in banking and financing on wall street. We have not enough people spending their time and expertise on solving all these other problems. So I, I'm with yeah. you. Like I'm, I, it's kind of a, an idealist in that way, but I think, I think if we move that direction, if we have more examples of people earlier in life, freeing up their time and energy and money to do things that matter even more. Yeah. That's, that's exciting. Like I can't wait to see that as well. Yeah. That's awesome. That's deep, man. That, that needs to be talked more about though, across the, across different platforms and, and be, be a focus. I, I think that's awesome. So um, another question, and then we'll kind of, we'll be wrapping up here. What other than, than your book, what's a, what's a book that you recommend or one of your favorite books that's really in, been the most impactful in your life? Yeah, I'm thinking of, there's one I read right after I got out of college. It was just off my dad's shelf uh, called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, it's an old school one. It's like really, really popular. Long, it's kind of personal development. But I've, I haven't, I found few books that had just really solid principles like that, that are deep, that are really helpful. That um, So like the first habits, be proactive. That's, that's you, you know, t- taking control of your, your ability to respond to life. You know, if, yeah. life, life, if life smacks you upside the head, that doesn't mean you have to get pissed about it and be angry about it. You could choose to do something different and respond a different way. Um, so be proactive, think from the end. Uh, we talked about that a little bit. Um, put first things first, prioritize your life. That's habit number three. And then you get habit number four and five are more interpersonal skills, like being, uh, you know, think, think when, when, don't, when you, when interacting with people, how can we both win? How can we, and it's not always possible, but let's figure it, let's put that on the table. Let's make that a goal. And I try to do that when I'm yeah. negotiating with people and doing that. And then uh, listen, uh, seek first to understand before being understood. Like, man, if you just took that one and you said, in my conversations with people, I've got two ears, I've got one mouth, make sure I keep that proportion yeah. in, in mind. Like, do more listening yeah. than talking. So like that, I don't know. Those are just examples. That book has got so many applicable things that I've used in business and life and as a parent, as a spouse. Um, it's really, really good stuff. So if, if, nobody, if somebody's already read it, go back and read it again. If you haven't read it before, buy it. I mean, that's one you need on your shelf because it's, yeah. it's just one of those I've, I've taken notes on and done really well with. Yeah, it's a deep book. It's in fact, I I um, I tried to listen to it in Audible, and it's like it's got enough in there that you almost need to slow down a little bit yes. and, and study it, almost like a textbook, because it yes. is just so chuck full of good good points and good lessons. So it's it's one that you can't be flying down the road and listening to. You've got to have a nice quiet moment to to absorb right. that. It, it's a great book. That's that's awesome. Well, man, I uh, appreciate you being on. How, how can people, if people want to continue the conversation and continue learning from you, where, where can they go to find you, man? Uh, well, coachcarson.com is my home online, but I have a, a few different platforms. Like if you're a podcast listener, I'm really getting into the podcasting scene as well. I have the Real Estate and Financial Independence podcast. 
you can look for that on Apple Podcast, any Spotify, any of the podcast players. I'm out there. So that's uh, I've got an episode every every Monday that comes out, and then I have a YouTube channel as well that I'm trying to build up. And I do a lot of kind of my style with teaching real estate is tutorial based. Hey, I'm going to draw on this whiteboard. Here's how I do it. Break it down. Make it simple. And so I'm trying to do more of that on YouTube. And you can just look for Coach Carson on YouTube. Perfect. And then I have a if you go to my site um, and you're just interested in some tools, I have a, if you go to coachcarson.com and then you'll click on free toolkit. A lot of people like this, this toolkit has some things like my closing checklist that I use to buy a property, has a deal worksheet with analysis tools and things like that, some spreadsheets for personal finance. Um, so you can get that for free at my site at coachcarson.com. Yeah, this looks awesome, man. That's, that's great. Okay. Well, we'll have all that in the, in the show notes. Um, any, any other parting advice or, or something to go out on here? No, this has been great. Thanks for having me on and really hope it's been helpful for your listeners. And yeah, if they can take your messages to heart and improving their mindset and doing, doing what matters more in the world, I think we're, we're, we're going to have fun together. We're going to build wealth together. We're going to make yeah. a difference for each other and we're going to have a lot of fun while we're doing it. That's awesome, man. Well, thanks for being on. Thanks, thanks for having me. Man. Thanks, Jess. All right. Thanks, bye. Jess. Thanks for listening to the Money Maven Project Podcast. A true maven shares knowledge with others. So be sure to share this podcast and leave a review. Thanks so much. And until next time, live life with intention.